In a world consumed with busyness, noise, and anxiety, the Christian Ashram Movement provides a group discipline focused on the kingdom of God, self-surrender, the word become flesh, and the proclamation of Jesus is Lord. Join us on this first season of the Christian Ashram International Podcast as we meet women and men from around the world who serve as leaders in this movement. Well, hello. Welcome to the Christian Ashram Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Henson, and we are so glad that you're able to join us this month as we uh, continue Season 1, The Voices of the Christian Ashram. Today, I'm honored to have Samuel Stanley Jones Tilkuri with us here on the podcast, and uh, it's great to have him uh, join us to share his experience, not only at Satal, but also uh, at the ashrams here in North America. Sam, it's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Matt. It is nice uh, being on this uh, show this morning, and I'm grateful for the opportunity, and uh, let's, let's go ahead. All righty. Well, Sam, I just want you to begin to, by sharing a little bit about yourself, um, about what you're, where you're at in life, and what it is that you're uh, working on right now. Awesome. So, um, I am right now in my demon program, Doctorate in Ministry. Uh, I'm in my second-ish, third year. So I just finished my coursework and I'm about to start my thesis writing uh, pretty soon or from the fall of uh, this year. And I live in the DC area and it has been a great journey so far. Uh, I had come to the United States in 2015 for my master's. And then God had given me an opportunity to continue my studies and enroll for my doctoral program. So I am in school right now. Okay. And, uh, you know, you mentioned 2015. Um, That's when you and I uh, met uh, when I traveled to India for my first experience in India. And we met at Satal. Um, And when I met you, I was very um, caught by your name, Samuel Stanley Jones. Um, tell me a little bit about your name and, and how you came, uh, your parents gave you that name. Awesome. So um, one of the things uh, that I have experienced through my journey in the Christian ashram in the North America is uh, when, when people see my name or when I get introduced as Samuel Stanley Jones, they kind of give a look and say that, hey, are you related to Stanley Jones by any chance? But here's the thing. My grandfather, uh, was really impressed by the works and the mission work of the, um, Brother Stanley Jones. So he had actually named me uh, Stanley Jones. Uh, the Samuel part comes from my father's father's name. Uh, but the my mother's father named me Stanley Jones. So Samuel and then Stanley Jones, just my grandfather just put Stanley Jones on a piece of paper when I was born, right? Uh, everybody, you know, in India, they come and they start calling you all these sorts of funny names. So my grandfather just wrote Stanley Jones and then added Samuel in the beginning and just put it there. So that's how I got uh, Samuel Stanley Jones. Also, my father, during his uh, um, his BD, uh, Bachelor's in Divinity, uh, while he was doing his theological studies, he uh, used to go to the Satal Ashram back in the 1980s. So... So that's how the whole uh, Stanley Jones spot comes together for my uh, name. And it has done pretty good for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, uh, so, so you, you have Satal and the ministry of E. Stanley Jones deeply rooted uh, in your family's history and your family's tradition. Right. Um, 
once do you remember the first time you uh got to go to Sawtall and what that experience was like oh definitely i was i was maybe a year uh, i mean i was maybe less than two years i would say and i still remember these visuals where you just see a place and then it is just in your in your in your in the back of your head and so i think the first time i went to satal was in 95 or 94 ish 95 and then uh, i still remember the 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 hikes that we used to do to stay in the cottage where we're at and the big trees and and all that so the memory was clearly visual and one thing that i remember and I haven't shared this with anybody. I mean, because I've never got this question. Uh, I remember the mess, uh, the, the the cafeteria, which we call mess. Uh, so I remember the um, the lady who used to serve us food. She gave me a chapati, which is like a tortilla, and she put a full spoon of jam in it. And that was the first time I ever had so much jam at one time, right? So that's like my first jam slash satal slash the whole memory, right? And that's the, uh, that's the memory. And also I remember uh, seeing uh, one of these places in the ashram catching fire. So, you know, because there's a, there's a lot of leaves and just anything can just spark a fire, right? So I remember seeing a visual of fire. I was, I was way too young at that point of time, but these are some of the visuals that I still remember. Yeah. And again, going back to Satal Ashram about 20 years later in 2015 was it, everything just flashed into my, into my head, into my, in front of my eyes. So that's my um, memory. And also uh, one last thing, um, one of my, my father's younger brother, uh, we all went to Satal back in 1995 and I barely could speak at that point of time. So he said something in, in Telugu, which is my mother tongue. And he, he kind of he like said something bad to my dad about me. Um, and then I picked it up and he definitely knew I wouldn't understand Telugu. But then I replied back to him in Telugu, uh, <laughs> scaring him. And then he was shocked uh, thinking that, how did he even understand? And how did he even respond back uh, mm -hmm, right. uh, to me? So yeah, these are some of the Asha memories that I have from back in the day. And what I love about those memories is that, uh, you know, at the ashram, we celebrate the kingdom of God in miniature, but we also refer to one another as brothers and sisters uh, in this right. family of God. And there is this family approach to, to living and this living in community together. And so when you talk about um, the, the jam and you talk about the conversations, you talk about all of that, that's the beauty of, of the, the, the location of Satal is that it's very right. community uh, oriented. And so we met there in 2015. I remember uh, having some conversations with you. And then as the United Christian Ashram was looking uh, for a possible intern um, for uh, a summer, um, your name came up. And if I remember right, it was around the time that you, uh, um, it was around the time that you had come to Philadelphia uh, to right. continue your schooling. And uh, Brother Tom uh, got in touch with you, and, and you began to travel uh, with us. Was that about 2017 that you interned the first time? Right, 2017, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about here you are. Uh, you've come to the United States. Uh, you have this experience in Satala, and now you're being asked uh, to serve 
in an intern role and travel to different ashrams uh, in North America. Tell me about some of the experiences you had in that internship. Sure. So in 2015, when we met, uh, I had zero idea that I was going to come to the United States. My process happened so quick. After I left Sao Paulo, uh, I had, it was, I think it was in the, in the second week of June or the first week of June that I went back home. And the process just started then. And I was not really wanting to come, but you know, God has his own plans. And if he, if he has planned something for us, no matter what, things will happen in, in the right time. And so that's how I just got to Philadelphia within a month and a half. But everything just went so fast that till date, it just astonishes me how big our God is and how great things he can accomplish within no time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I landed up here and then started school. And then uh, Tom reached out to me uh, through Facebook and uh, long story short, in 2016, I went to Fort Smith, Arkansas and did the uh, first uh, ashram program, which was new to me. Um, there were like so many things going on in my head and I was asked to take the Sunday school uh, in, in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And I was all excited. I was all pumped up because uh, in Hyderabad, where I used to live, um, I had taken Sunday school for, for about four years during my uh, church internship there. And after coming to uh, Philly, and then I went to Arkansas for the ash first ashram meeting, um, I was looking for uh, the Sunday school room. And the local pastor there came and took me to the room. And then I see uh, everybody is about 60 years. And I'm like, okay, where are the kids? Uh, I'm supposed to take a Sunday school. <laughs> because for me, Sunday school is for small kids, right? And then I prepared my, my small talk for the Sunday school keeping those kids in mind, I prepared myself. Then I prepared a couple of songs, some action songs. And then the pastor said, yeah, this is your uh, Sunday school class. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, but where are the kids? What do you mean kids? I said, are they my Sunday school kids? Yeah, these people, the 60 years and the working class. And I'm like, oh my God, how do I do this? But God has been with me. And then I just shared what was uh, in my heart. And then uh, it was a beautiful interaction. It was my first encounter with uh, the American crowd, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because in school, we're just like students doing our own thing. But this is the first time I am there, clueless what's going on. But uh, it has been a great uh, class. And then I did a couple of songs. And then they had a lot of questions for me, which was uh, a nice time of interaction. So uh, during that time, Tom had asked me if I would be willing to uh, move to Nashville and do the... Um, uh, the ashram, uh, summer ashram that year. And um, praise God, my sister was able to come for my graduation. And then uh, Tom had asked me, well, now that you both are, are a member, uh, now that you guys are part of the Indian ashram, would you like to be part of the uh, United Christian Ashram here in the North America? Would you still be willing to come? And then I had asked her, then she was, yeah, I'll come. Uh, I'd love to come around and everything. And so we extended her ticket we, uh, she was supposed to leave in a couple of weeks, but then we pushed it to six months because she had a visa till uh, six months. And we got to travel uh, around the country, east, west, north, south, everywhere. Uh, some of the great experiences were uh, in, uh, well, let me say this. Each ashram is different. Even though we follow the same pattern, each ashram is different in its own kind, in its own setting, in its own uh, texture, I meant to say. Mm -hmm. 
Um, there are some ashrams that are big. There are some ashrams that are small. There are some ashrams that, you know, just they have every ashram has so much love of God in them. I mean, uh, it was just amazing to see a different culture participate in the same ashram pattern that we have in India, but with a different set of people, different communities, different cultural contexts, but we're all uh, worshiping our same God. And if I remember correctly, uh, was it at the Kansas Christian Ashram that uh, you and your sister were able to kind of work with the cook uh, a little bit there um, to create an Indian dish? Or did he create the Indian dish um, for you? It seems I remember a, a conversation at Kansas, um, uh -huh. and I may be wrong about that, but it seemed like there was something that occurred there where kind of there was this cultural um, infusion uh, right. and, and your sister even uh, was, you know, working with the young ladies and um, there was some henna that was oh, uh, yeah. being used. And I mean, so, so there was this merger of uh, an infusion of the two cultures. Uh, exactly, together. exactly. And so, you know, and that's why I love you bringing up the whole um, how, how being a part of the Christian ashram in India, but also being Christian ashram in North America, though they are right. unique in how they experience that pattern, right. the pattern is very much um, the same. In, in, in that, one of the things that we do talk about is transformation. We talk mm -hmm. about life change. And as you have been a part of the Christian ashram, are there places where you have seen the transformational power of Jesus Christ at work in people's lives? Definitely, yes. Let me take an example from my own family, my sister. Uh, Parimala, my sister, is definitely not a, she is an outgoing person, but not really an outgoing person. She, she's somewhere between the extrovert and the introvert, right? She just, you know, is okay with a bunch of people that she knows, and she might engage with some new people, but she's not really into it. But for me, 2017 Ashram program was, was a great experience just to see her, just to learn from her. And just to understand for the fact that coming from India, uh, we're like a totally different culture. And coming to the United States and being part of the Christian ashram here, trying to mingle with, trying to talk with, trying to understand different people, Parimala actually did a good job for herself in the sense that for the first few ashrams, she barely spoke. She barely interacted i mean she yeah she likes dancing she taught dancing she put the henna art and everything but for her to understand what was going on it was kind of a, a different shift in her life is what i feel but by the end of the ashrams in kansas ashram she had actually gone forward and got herself prayed during the healing and anointing session and if she was in india i would bet she would have never done that but for her to come from a different culture and to get that experience here was something transformational for, at least for me to witness what God has done in her life. And also having said that, uh, in India, mostly people, well, I would hate to say this, but this is out of my experience, I tell you, we, we talk a lot in the sense if, let's say if I want to accept Christ and if my peer group is sitting, and if I raise my hand or if I go in the front, get prayed, you know, it's like, ah, do you really do that? Do you, is it coming from your heart? 
we judge a lot. I mean, this is from my experience that might mm-hmm. be not that might not be true, but but for her to even understand the the whole the whole circumstances that we're in, the whole the whole concept of ashram, God, and everything for her was something new and. That was actually a touching moment for for me personally during these ashrams uh, in, in 2017, and also not just that, but I have seen different ashrams understand their whole the whole concept, the whole uh, the whole priority of life, and then how Jesus is being seen in every ashram in a different way. Uh, some ashrams had powerful music. Some ashrams uh, had a different age group of people in worship. And it was nice to see the different age groups come. I think it was Kansas Ashram again. They had this whole band and um, mm-hmm. uh, Brother Phil Newman. Yes, uh, that's correct. His, his children uh, yeah. are in the band and uh, they play keyboard. And so there are different age groups here. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was, uh, it was, it was amazing to see how people from different age groups come together for one purpose and serving God in, in the ashram moment. Yeah. And one thing you shared there, um, you know, about Parimala and her experience and you being able to be a part of that. Um, that's part of that cross-cultural family dynamic is when you're able to experience the Christian ashram and experience Christ in the Christian ashram with family. And you see mm-hmm. how uh, the, the Lord uses the, the Christian ashram model, the, the, the layout um, to use that to transform people's lives that are near and dear to you. Um, but also when you get to invite somebody uh, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, you need to experience this Christian ashram uh, with me. This is a great experience. And then you see the Holy Spirit's work in their lives. Um, it's transforming to your own life as well as you get True. to witness that. Since 2015, the United Christian Ashram International Ministry has invited people to join us in India for the winter session of the Satal Christian Ashram. In the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, we are looking intently at the India trip for the fall of 2020. Please join with us as we seek the Holy Spirit's guidance about this trip. We will make an announcement about this trip by the end of April. Now, you mentioned music, um, and I want to make sure we get to music uh, because this is this is part of your heart and soul. This is a gift that God has given to you uh, in the area of music. I've had the opportunity to be in um, some worship experiences where you have led us uh, mm-hmm. in singing and worship. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, your experience in music. Uh, I believe you had a band in India, uh, right. if I remember correctly, when we first met in 2015, and you've continued to work in music. Tell me, how do you see? Um, well, how, do you, how are you using the gift God's given you, first of all? And second, how do you see music being a major part of that transforming power of Christ at work in your life and other people's lives? Sure. Um, that's a good question. Uh, music has been special to me. Um, I am a late bloomer in music. Um, I, had gone, I had been going to this church called Pearl City Church, which is now called Hope You See in Hyderabad. And then um, I was... I was part of this vacation Bible school uh, for the kids during the summer that happens in India. Um, So I was supposed to teach actions for the kids during the vacation Bible school. And our main worship leader or the singer, for some reason, just did not show up on the first day. So (laughs) um, the 
the, 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 the church's uh, worship leader, um, his name is Alan Gunta, um, uh, he had been a great source of inspiration to many people in Hyderabad. So, and uh, he happens to be our relative too. So he said, all right, Sam, I think uh, the worship leader for today is not going to come, so you'll have to sing. And I was just put right on spot. And I said, I just have no idea what you are talking about because <laughs> all I'm here is for actions and I can teach actions, but I cannot lead. But he said, no, it's, a, it's all good. I got you. And then uh, he was playing bass. So he just stands right behind me. And then mm -hmm. he, he kind of like directs me what to do in the first song, in the second song. And then by the third song, I knew what was the game, right? Then I turned back and I said, hey, I got the rest of the songs. And so that was my <laughs> first introduction to music. And then it turned out really well. Having said that, at the end of that, that worship uh, session for the kids, uh, one of the guys from the production team, he just came up and he asked me, hey, are you in any band? Do you sing? You sing so well. Um, mind you, that is my first time singing in front of a mic and with a whole band and everything. Mm -hmm. And he said, would you like to be part of my band? We're in, look, we're in search for a worship leader, a singer for our band. I'm like, whoa, bro, just slow down because, wait, this is all just too much on the first day for me. And so it started off like that. And then as a band, then even... Actually, I started volunteering in the band and we used to do a lot of village ministry. So where Hyderabad is the city that I live in and there are a lot of villages around Hyderabad. So every alternate weeks, uh, we used to go and uh, preach, sing, teach the word of God to people that have never even heard about Jesus Christ. These mm -hmm. people are all Hindus. And um, so we used to just pull in money take our gear, go take some permission from the local government office and then sing songs and introduce Jesus, who Jesus is to the people. Uh, what I used to believe is, you know, just sow a seed. You never know how God is going to take care of that seed, bloom into, it, into a small plant, you know, a big tree. But our job is to introduce Jesus to them and then you just don't know how you inspire people through, through music. Uh, I feel so powerful because uh, this has been my, my life. Uh, journey. I was inspired a lot through music to know the love of God and um, you know each person has his own way uh, of knowing who Christ is and having a personal connection with God through different means. One could be through visions, one could be through prayer, one could be through music. So my thing was music and I felt that when God has given us so many talents it is important for us to use those talents for the extension of God's kingdom. So. Um, yeah, so we used to uh, lead, uh, me as in, we as in me and my band, we used to uh, lead worship sessions in different church groups in Hyderabad and in Secunderabad. And this actually led us to put an album together. So when we went out to the villages and when we used to lead worship, uh, these are Hindu folks, these are Muslim folks. They used to get inspired because music is something which influences you in, in different ways. And so they used to ask us, hey, how do we continue to listen to your music? And that one question of uh, the people actually led us to, uh, of course, we had a whole bunch of songs of our own, which led us to put all of them together and produce a CD for uh, the extension of God's kingdom. I mean, we just distributed them and gave a few to an orphanage so that they can sell it for whatever price they wanted and support their orphanage ministry. And also, uh, having coming to the U.S., um, I was being... I, will, I had the great opportunity to lead worship sessions in different ashrams. Mm -hmm. And in, in this, in, in 2019, 
uh, I led worship in different ashrams in 2017. Also, in 2017, also I was uh, given the opportunity to lead worship, and leading worship is something uh, is something divine. I feel because we prepare our hearts. We're in this atmosphere, and we're in this zone where we are in, in in direct connect with God, and then we are trying to calm ourselves down from everything that is going on in our lives. And this is that one time where we are in peace and then we prepare our hearts pretty much for God's word that is being offered to us after the worship. So music is definitely a really powerful tool of uh, in worship and also as part of our expression to, to, to what it is in our lives. Well, you know, we're, uh, we're this year celebrating 90 years of the Woo-hoo. Christian ashram at Satal and 80 years right. of the Christian ashram uh, here in North America. And as we, uh, in the midst of the coronavirus, we're having a right. little trouble with being able to celebrate uh, in person. We're having to work with some things online right. and virtually and all of that. So we're, we're feverishly working to get that all put together. Um, but being um, a young man as you are, um, being uh, from India, being here in North America, um, I'm kind of going to put you on spot maybe with this question, but uh-huh. you know, this, this is a, a ministry that has been around for 90 years, 80 years here in North America. Where, how do you see the Christian ashram continuing to proclaim Jesus as Lord into the next generation? You know, in 10 years, we'll, we'll celebrate the centennial. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2025, we'll be celebrating uh, 100 years of the publication of Christ of the Indian Road, uh, E. Stanley Jones's first book. Uh, so we're gonna we're, we've got a lot of celebrations coming up here in the next right. 10 years with the Christian Ashram. But how do you see the Christian Ashram continuing into the future? What are what are some uh, encouragements uh, that you mm-hmm. would give? But also, what are some things that you see in your experience that are speaking to this next generation? Right. Wow, that's a nice question. Uh, I always remember, or this always echoes in my in my head, uh, what Tom Albin says. You know, he says that after a person who has started uh, a ministry, while he's there, things go very well. But for a person to leave, uh, uh, for for a person after he dies and the ashram is still going on, mm-hmm. is we we one thing we need to see here is. This is definitely organized by divine power, right? God is in this moment. The Holy Spirit, God is moving across the whole globe in this ministry. And it is still going on. Well, one thing that I want to tell you is I had been to the ashram in 1995 for the first time or 1994. And the ashram has been so special to me ever since that in India where there are 1.3 1.3 billion people and this place is so special for the fact that its geographical location for its setting for the kind of place it is in where we live um, among people i mean once you go out of your house you just see 100 people at once in india right yes but this place is so unique by itself it's it's just amazing it's so calm it's so it's it's peaceful where you can actually connect with God. Um, And also the ministry that the ashram carries forward is not just for this time, because I feel that 
the new generations, like for instance, my generation, mm -hmm. now that I have been to the ashram, it's, it's something different from the regular life that we go through on a daily basis. You just go here, you're cut off from the world. Um, there's hardly any uh, cell phone reception. So even you don't <laughs> get to use your phone. Right, 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 right. And so this, is, this makes it more special in a way that you're in prayer 24 seven when, when you're in the ashram. Uh, and then you have this chapel, beautiful chapel, you have the trees, you have the whole nature, which brings you to focus on God. And also, uh, as I told you that uh, Tom, ha Tom Albin has mentioned that God is in this and we have seen God move through for so many years in this ashram ministry. Uh, the world is just too busy for everybody. Um, in this day and age where when you wake up, you see your phone till the time you close your eyes in the night, you see the phone and you're so much into now, especially nowadays, you're on Zoom 24-7. You have this <laughs> meeting, you have that meeting. And then you get so caught up in life that the ashram, when you are in the ashram, it's, it's completely a different place. What I'm trying to tell you here is it is special. It is it, 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 it helps you focus. When I came to the ashram in 2015, it gave me a lot of time to, to think about what my life has been, um, how my life is going and what are the things that I have accomplished or what God has accomplished in my life. Um, and what is it that you need to look forward for yourself? So basically it gives you a lot of time to, to think, to contemplate on what's happening in life and what God has done in your life to be thankful for. Um, one of the facts that I like about the Christian ashram is now the Christian ashram actually focuses a lot also on a lot of seminaries in India. And having said that, a lot of pastors are being trained in the seminaries. And when they get this ashram experience, they also share this experience with their church members. So here we see you are just training one person, but that one person who is becoming a pastor is trying to uh, cater the needs of a hundred, hundred or a couple, a few hundreds, a few thousands of church members for parishioners, right? And that's how the ashram movement uh, goes forward. And uh, it is a beautiful model where Jesus is at the center of everything. Mm -hmm. So I think it is important for us to... Um, take forward the word of the ashram. And also God himself is working in the ashram movement. If, if God was not in this, it would have ended a long, uh, it would have ended yes. a long back ago. Yes. Uh, that is for sure. Because um, in 1995, who knew I would come back again to the ashram. But in 20, 2015, I was there and it was the best time of my life. Mm -hmm. It just gave me a time to understand what's going on in my life and, and everything. And maybe the prayers that I did in the ashram brought me to the United States. I don't know, but I'm just saying it, it is, it is amazing. It is amazing. And brother, I appreciate you sharing your experience, your story, um, giving us some vision uh, of what uh, the Christian ashram can continue to be uh, into uh, the future and especially into this next 10 years as we continue to move forward uh, to the centennial uh, at Satal. Uh, appreciate you sharing uh, about uh, your culture, and uh, a little bit about your experience in the North American Christian Ashram. It's been an honor to have you on uh, the Christian Ashram podcast. 
Uh, and I think you've wrapped it up very well uh, in those final answers that you gave. And so I appreciate your time and uh, pray that you will uh, just continue to move forward in your education and uh, hope to get to experience a Christian ashram with you again uh, here in the future. God bless you, brother. Sure. Thank you, Matt. Just before we leave, I just want to leave us with uh, one verse that um, is always very uplifting to me. Is It is from Romans 8, 28, which says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, mm -hmm. who have been called according to his purpose. So I see this verse that is, it, it is very personal to me because it says, uh, in all things, uh, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. The ashram loves Jesus. Amen. The people love Jesus. So we see this, this verse actually go through in the life of the ashram because mm -hmm. the whole thing is for Jesus and yeah. because we love him. And so God is definitely in there for us. Yeah. And then, uh, and we are called according to his purpose for the extension of God's kingdom through the ashram movement. So yeah, yeah I just wanted to share this hey. uh, one verse. Yeah. I appreciate you doing that. And for all you listeners, thank you for listening to the Christian Ashram podcast. We look forward to having you next month uh, when we continue season one, the voices of the Christian Ashram.